Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. afternoon evening or night wherever you are in the world i am skyblaze and this is a special winterfest edition of the hidden palace so as part of the festive season i'm going to talk about some games that are themed around winter hello to everyone in the chat gosh well, there's a lot of you in here today i i hope you enjoy the show so, who have we got? We've got Larry, we've got Nick, Jamie, Gum, uh, Doan, Doan's here, Lime. Uh, thanks, Dr. Scott Nick, for the lead-in um, and for finishing exactly on time. Well done, that man. I can't promise I'm going to do the same, but I'll try. Uh, Resident SD. Uh, my beloved Grey Four is also here. Um... So let's start off the show, shall we? So the first one I'm going to be covering today is Snow Bros, which was an arcade game released in 1990. What? Sorry, because I'm catching the delay. Okay. Uh, Released in 1990, developed by Toplan, which was ported to the Mega Drive in 1993 in Japan and Korea. This game sees you playing as the Snow Bros, uh, Nick and Tom, as they seek to rescue the twin, twin princesses of Snowland, Puripuri and Puripuchi. Although Puripuchi makes it sound like she's a dog, but let's move on. They need to be rescued from the crutches of the Great King... Oh... Atchichi? I'm gonna go with Atchichi. I do... I keep doing this to myself. However, they need to enter King Atchichi's castle fortress, which is made of stone and fire. Mustering up all of their courage, Nick and Tom head off on their first rescue mission. The game plays much like Bubble Bobble, although instead of trapping enemies in bubbles, you have to repeatedly hit them with snow bullets in order to encase them in a giant snowball. Once trapped, you can then give the giant snowball a kick and watch it fly across the screen, hitting anything in its path. You also have the ability to push encased enemies around, allowing you to reach higher platforms that you would not usually be able to reach through normal jumping. <laughs> Nick's wondering who his Tom is. I'm sure you'll be able to find someone, Nick. Oh, Multiclass Geek is here as well. Hi! Uh, where was I? While the original arcade game only had five stages, the Mega Drive version has an additional two stages where you switch roles and instead of Nick and Tom you play as the twin princesses who have to rescue the Snow Bros from the big bad. That's an interesting twi uh, uh, kind of twist on things, especially for, for that early. Um, having, having a distressed dude instead of a, a damsel in distress. Interesting. Each stage consists of 10 floors, with a boss fight on the 10th floor that you need to defeat to progress. So far, so standard. As you may have guessed from the mention of Snow Bros, you can have two players in this game. 
And should you want to pick up from where you were left off, there is actually a password system. Although passwords are only given at the end of each stage. I, <laughs> I always hated those. So having to scribble down the password before it disappeared off the screen. Uh, the ones on Mega Man were, were a nightmare because he's like, uh, do I have coloured pens to use to draw the password dots with? Uh, but this is this was life before uh, battery backups became more common on memory cards. So let's have some music then. So um, from Snowbro's state, the oh dear, from Snowbro's, I believe these are from the Mega Drive version. Uh, we have the stage uh, stage four theme, and from uh, also from Snowbros, we have the ending theme. So, I hope you enjoy these, and I'll be back after the music break to move on to something a bit sporty. you're naughty or nice we're all getting the gift of Winterfest only on Radio Sega
And we are back. And pull up my actual script. And that was Snow Rose, the ending theme. Um, before that, we had the stage theme number four. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Eclipse uh, just arrived and was asking how I've been. Um, pretty good, actually. I, just, I recently started a new job and I have a lot of shiny new toys to play with. Because uh, I'm working as a tech journalist, so many shiny things. Which is quite quite nice. Uh, but I, I have now developed carpal tunnel in my left hand, so... <laughs> and I'm left-handed, so it's not great! But, you know... We'll get there, it'll be fine. Let's move on. So, when it comes to world sporting events, Mario and Sonic have shown that along with your typical Olympic Games, there are also Winter Olympic Games. But rather than touching on Mario and Sonic at the Olympi Winter Olympic Games, we are going to take a look at an earlier entry. Uh, this is the 1994 Winter Olympics, which were held in the Norwegian city of Lillehammer. This game was released on the Mega Drive, Master System and Game Gear at the end of 1993 and beginning of 1994, depending on which system. The game was known simply as Winter Olympics and lets you compete across 10 different winter events, including bobsleigh, slalom, ski jump and speed skating, to name but a few. On starting the game and choosing your language, you will get to choose which game mode you want to play. You have the Full Olympics, Mini Olympics and the Training Session. In Full and Mini Olympics, you can choose your competitor's name and nationality, and in Full Olympics, you'll play across all ten events. You're also treated to small cutscenes of opening and closing ceremonies, which is pretty cool for 1993. Mini Olympics also lets you choose which events you want to compete in, however, you don't get the opening and closing cutscenes. Lastly, Training Session lets you choose events like Mini Olympics, where you can practice till you feel competent and then compete properly. While the game can support up to four players, this is only in the sense that you take turns to compete. So if it's it's a uh, it's it's a four player multiplayer kind of sort of. Um, although it's different if you are using a head-to-head -head event where two players can play against each other. Uh, for the Master System and Mega Drive, it's pretty easy to play two-player. For those on the Game Gear, if you do actually want to play head-to-head -head with a friend, then you will need to be in possession of the rare and elusive Gear-to-Gear -gear cable. Yeah, it's weird that the Game Gear's kind of link cable was really hardly ever seen compared to the, the Game Boy equivalent. Because the Game Boy link cables were actually fairly common. I don't think I ever saw a Gear to Gear cable in the wild. Although, having said that, I didn't see a Game Gear very often in the wild. I think there was only one person I knew who had one when I was growing up. Um, but Jamie's saying, a tech journalist, that sounds really fun. It's it's great. Um, I get loads of, uh, of cool toys. I've got this insane look I was given this like wild looking um test bench PC that lights up like a Christmas tree it's brilliant I was tempted to just put tinsel on that <laughs> use that as my, <laughs> my Christmas tree it's completely insane um and yeah I was given a steam deck for work and a VR headset and other things that I can't talk about but uh yeah if you go to uh Dexerto which is the site I work for 
um, you will see some of my work. And yeah, Greyfor gets to play with these sometimes because I will get a delivery. Greyfor finishes work usually before I do. So I'll get a delivery in and be like, yeah, oh, that's great. I'll, I'll put, add that to my list and I'll review it later. And then because he finishes work first, he will open the box and start playing with the shiny toy. Uh, <laughs> and before I even get to look at it. So as soon as I get a delivery in, he's like, you know, because I work in the living room, he works in the office. And uh, he'll like appear through in the doorway. He's like, what you get? I was like, go away. Be so mine for work. Be gone. Uh, Multiclass Geek makes a, a great a great point. It's like, you didn't see Game Gears in the wild because the batteries didn't last long enough to leave the house. Unless you carry like a backpack full of double A's. Just, just for the Game Gear. Um, yeah, uh, I've got a couple of Game Gears. I've, I've got a plan to do a, a lithium-ion battery mod on them. Um, thinking about putting some new backlights in them as well, because the, the main thing that actually drains the battery is the backlight. So if you put an LED backlight in, because LEDs take a, use much less power, in theory, you'll get more life out of it. Moving on though, let's have some more music! So I'm going to play from the Mega Drive version of Winter Olympics, the intro and main menu theme, and then um, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm going to play the Winter Olympics 8-bit version, the downhill theme. The 8-bit the version does not sound good. I'm, I'm very sorry, but this is what we, what we deal with in this line of work. I. I mean, some of you might like it because some of you are weird, but we'll see. So have a listen and let me know what you think, and I'll be back after this for quiz time. Do you know you can get involved in Radio Sega's Winterfest? Jump into our friendly chat room over at radiose.ga forward slash discord, use hashtag RSWinterfest on social media, and keep it locked to Winterfest all weekend long. Only on Radio Sega.
that was Winter Olympics 8-Bit Downhill. I, I'm sorry, that was the best one out of the 8-Bit soundtracks. Um, they all sound like that with a... Some of them are like really shrill. The, the sound goes up way too high um, and has a slightly off-tempo... They all have slightly, slightly off-tempo drum, drum sound, in inverted commas, uh, in the background. It's like... This is great! Before that we had Winter Olympics, the intro and main menu theme. Uh, so yeah, um, Jamie's saying other than the off-tempo drums it doesn't sound that bad. Uh, yeah, that's the probably the best one of a not great bunch. I mean they're not ear bleeding or anything, it's just like, this isn't fantastic. Uh, oh well. Right, so, it is quiz time. So, the prize for this quiz is a Steam Key. And you can pick from one of three games. You can have Yakuza 6, Sonic Mania, or Bayonetta. And you can also get a Sonic Lost World poster. Uh, you have to pick one of those three games, you can't have all three. To win, listen very carefully to the following set of questions. And I will loop my talk bed. So listen very carefully to the following set of questions. And then, message me on Discord during the music break that follows. Whoever is first to get all the questions correct before the end of the music break, will win. You have to message me, send me a private message on Discord. I am currently down as uh, Skyblaze on Discord. Um, you will see I have a little um, snowman. It's actually Morgana from Persona 5, but it looks like a little snowman as my profile picture. If you're not sure how to do that, right click and there will be an option on my name to message me. Use that. So, let's begin. The Mega CD version of Batman Returns had what additional feature that was missing from the Mega Drive version? The Mega, Drive, the Mega CD version of Batman Returns had what additional feature that was missing from the Mega Drive version? That's question one. Question two. Performing an Easter egg button combo in Sonic Chaos for the Game Gear will make Sonic do a special move from which game? Performing an Easter egg button combo in Sonic Chaos for the Game Gear will make Sonic do a special move from which game? That was question two. Question three. The Master System game Ashura was retooled and released in the West as what game? The Master System game Ashura was retooled and released in the West as what game? Question four. How many endings are there in the Mega CD version 
of Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. How many endings are there in the Mega CD version of Spider-Man versus the Kingpin? Question 5. Arthur and Astaroth's mysterious demon world village is set in the same world as which classic game series? Arthur and Astaroth's mysterious demon world village is set in the same world as which classic game series? So because I am very nice, I am going to post uh, these questions into the Discord chat. I've already uh, got a version that cuts those out. Because oh, okay. I am smart. Right. Those have been posted in the Discord chat. And I am going to... Now move on to the music break. You have until the end of the music break to get your answers in. So the music I'm going to be playing is one from Sonic 06 and that is White Acropolis Snowy Peak and then from Persona 3 FES The Snow Queen. These are uh, One track is three minutes long the other is nearly four minutes long so hopefully that will give you all enough time. Be sure to message me privately on Discord. I can't accept answers any other way. Off you go. I'll speak to you after this music break.
And we are back. Well done to everybody who submitted answers. Um, I was very impressed by how fast some of you were. So I'm going to give you um, the answers and then I will reveal who the winner is. Because we do have a winner. So the Mega CD version of Batman Returns had what additional feature that was missing from the Mega Drive version? The arcade driving levels with the Batmobile was the answer. Uh, next up we have... Oh. Performing an easter egg uh, button combo in Sonic Chaos for the Game Gear will make Sonic do a special move from which game? He does a Hadouken from Street Fighter! So, the Master System game for Ashura was retooled and released in the West as a what game? And it was Rambo First Blood Part 2. How many endings are there in the Mega CD version of Spider-Man vs. the Kingpin? It is three! Not to be confused with the Mega Drive version, which only has two. Arthur Astoros Mysterious Demon World Village is set in the same world as which classic game series? I would have ex accepted Ghosts and Goblins or Ghouls and Ghosts as an answer. So, because they're basically the same thing. <laughs> um, oh, Rick. Oh, I... I wow. I mean, yeah. Jason the Wheel approved. Jason the Wheel Warriors is, is my jam. Uh, written by J. Michael Straczynski, who went on to make uh, Babylon 5. And in fact, your winner is Rick, who got the answers to me astonishingly quickly. Like, holy crap, you got the answers to me fast. Um... So please message me and let me know which Steam key you would like, and if you would like the poster. Um, Honourable mentions go to Ravseek, who also got all of the questions right, uh, and Eclipse, who made an excellent effort at the last minute. Um, Jamie also got a couple of answers right. Um, well done everyone for giving that a try, because I... Um, I, I have this reputation for doing really evil quizzes. I don't, I don't deserve this reputation. I don't, I don't know why, why people say this about me. Um, so let's, let's move on, shall we? Let's, uh, let's talk about another game. So last but not least for the games that I'm going to be covering today, we have a wintry horror title. And this is The Prisoner of Ice. Also subtitled with Call of Cthulhu. So, as you may guess, this is a HP Lovecraft-inspired point-and-click adventure game. It was originally released on the M on MS-DOS, Windows and Mac back in 1995 across North America and Europe. Japan, though, also appears to want some of this eldritch action, and because Japan prefers consoles to PCs, it was ported across to the Sega Saturn and Sony PlayStation in December of 1997. So our story takes place in 1937, in the years leading up to the beginning of World War II. In the opening cinematic, we see a wooden crate buried in the snow with the words 
top secret written in German stenciled upon it. Then we see an approaching fighter plane which opens fire on a number of military personnel who make a dash to a nearby ship that is stuck in the ice. The guns on board make short work of the plane as one of its wings is shot off and soon crashes into the snow. During the ensuing gunfire, one soldier runs towards the crate, only for the top of it to explode, knocking him backwards, and then tentacles start to emerge from the box, attacking the soldier and only leaving his boots behind. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Thank you. The game then starts off on the coast of the South Pole on the submarine HMS Victoria, which has taken on board two mysterious crates, along with a Norwegian explorer called Bjorn Hamsen. I I hope I'm not the only one who's feeling like John Carpenter's The Thing is about to take place. I mean, Antarctic, Norwegians, alien creatures, hmm. We then find ourselves in the submarine, playing as the newly appointed Lieutenant Ryan, who, following the defense, uh, demise of the previous lieutenant, was promoted up the ranks. As with most point-and-click games uh, <clears throat> of the, around this time, including Beneath a Steel Sky, the gameplay has you move a cursor around the screen, and clicking on relevant areas will allow you to interact. Moving your cursor to the top of the screen will allow you to select any of the items that you have collected so far. Wonderfully, as this uh, actually ties into a previous Hillis Hidden Palace episode, because this game also makes use of the Saturn Shuttle Mouse, which is actually a better option than trying to use uh, move the cursor using the D-pad. So I was only able to find um, one piece of music from Prisoner of Ice. Uh, despite Nicholas Amand's best efforts, uh, the only files they managed to find were not in a format that either of us recognised. So we weren't sure how to actually make them be listenable. Uh, but I did manage to find a track on YouTube, so you're going to listen to that. And also, um, I found a pretty appropriate uh, track from Panzer Dra Dragoon's Vi, which is called Sea of Ice. So we have from Prisoner of Ice, Seer's Confessions, and then from Panzer Dragoon's Vi, Sea of Ice. Have a listen and let me know what you think, and be sure, uh, and uh, please, uh, Rick, be sure to message me so you can get hold of your stream key.
And we are back! And that was Panzer Dragoon Zwei Sea of Ice. And before that, we had Prisoner of Ice Seer's Confessions. And those two tracks actually mix together really well, um, even though it's, mo it's mostly just using uh, Radio DJ's um, auto mix function. Well done, Radio, C uh, Radio DJ, you, you get a pat on the head. So, it's time for the Chiptune Corner! And I've actually found some uh, kind of Christmas themed chiptunes. Uh, helpfully, um, Chiptunes Equals Win actually does a, uh, has done a few um, like winter or Christmas themed albums, which was very useful. So, Jacob Greenmount is a pianist, composer, and producer who is based in Perth in Australia. He's created a few of the tracks that have been featured on Chiptune Equals Win albums, including the track that I am about to play. Um, I am going to post in the chat a link to his Bandcamp and then his SoundCloud. If you enjoy the track I'm about to play, I do encourage you to go and check out his official places that he lurks um, and maybe pay for some of his music. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? We all like getting paid for things. And apparently Jamie thought that the Panzer Dragoon's Vi and Prisoner of Ice was all one track. <laughs> I can see how you'd think that. So Kevin's saying, I feel like this background track might be relevant tomorrow for reasons. Which background track? The the Libro track. Yeah. That I'm um Okay then. So uh, I'm going to play from Jacob Greenmount a track called Christmas on Mars. Which actually has a kind of Sega reference, if you know what I mean. Put it in the chat. You get, don't get a prize this time. It's just a fun, a fun thing. So, Christmas on Mars by Jacob Greenmount. Have a listen and let me know what you think. And if you do like his work, go and throw some money at him. Enjoy.
back. And that was Jacob Greenmount, Christmas on Mars. It's such a kind of high energy, gleeful track. You know, nice bouncy energy. Uh, Jamie's saying it's giving me classic platformer vibes. Uh, yeah, I can I can see where you'd get that. Um, and uh, it'll get saying the song is so nice and cheerful. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I, I do recommend that you check out more of his work. Um, that I've only got a few of his tracks, but the ones I've listened to have been pretty good. So this is actually the end of the show. Uh, thank you everybody who's tuned in and commented in the chat and generally hung out with me. It's been absolutely lovely. Uh, I apologise for my voice being a little bit off today. Uh, I was out... Um, it was a fairly sedate pub crawl, but it was nonetheless a pub crawl. So I kind of, I've kind of wrecked my voice a little bit. Um, I actually bought a beer I was going to drink during the show, but I was like, after yesterday, <laughs> I think I'll lay off the booze for a bit. Uh, so coming up, we have Blasphemous 10, which is hosted by the Blast Processors, as is a Winterfest tradition here at Radio Sega. And after that, we have the long play special hosted by Resident SD. And there is a lot more to come after that. So be sure to check out RadioSega.net for the full Winterfest schedule. And if you want to hear more of me and Grateful, well, I'd suggest tuning into Radio Redux tomorrow. Just say. So, I have been Skyblaze, and this has been The Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. I've got one last track to go out on, and because the Blast Processes are coming up next, I thought I would play one of their songs. I'm sure you can all guess which one. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the rest of Winterfest. Bye.
dreams Hard times gone by There's more Winterfest coming right after this. Check out our full programming schedule at radiosega.net. 